Hey, what's up, everybody? Derek here with the Nerd Cave Network to remind you of some appearances and plugs we have coming up. This Saturday, Zach, myself, and Robbie will once again be appearing on the Pop Culture Palette. That will be this Saturday at 7 p.m. on SenecaRadio.com, and then we'll be available after that in its podcast form. And we will be talking Star Wars and we'll be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie at that point, go watch the movie, then check out the podcast. We also have another live show coming up on December 27th. That will be at 7 p.m. and we'll be streaming on YouTube. We'll be doing a year-end review for 2015, as well as some things that we're looking forward to in 2016. And you can find that at youtube.com slash the Podcast. And now, on with the show. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 84 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I'm coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. If you're listening to this on the day this podcast comes out, which is December 17th on a Thursday, happy Star Wars Day. Tonight is the opening night of Star Wars The Force Awakens, and myself, along with so many other people, have been looking forward to this for so long since it was announced a couple of years ago. I didn't think there would ever be another Star Wars trilogy. I wasn't sure there'd even be another Star Wars movie, at least a live-action one anyway. But I'm so excited about this. I haven't been this excited for a movie possibly ever. Not even I haven't even been that excited for Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's like my favorite Marvel character. But as I've mentioned before, Star Wars trumps all nerd fandom. In my mind, I like Star Wars better than Zelda. I like it better than Spider-Man. Any of it. Star Wars trumps all of it. And this is something that's been on my bucket list since I was a kid. I've never been to an opening night of a Star Wars movie. And I'm going to get to do that tonight. So hopefully all of you who are Star Wars fans will get to go opening night or at least opening weekend. But if you are going on opening night... Please refrain from posting spoilers on social media. No one wants that, and that's a good way to get your ass unfriended on Facebook, in my opinion. But you might be wondering why I'm talking about Star Wars so much, and it's not just because I'm excited about it, but it has a lot to do with our guest this week, actor Zach Abramowitz and filmmaker Carlos Del Rosario. You might remember Zach from a previous episode I did back in February to promote a film called Wild Men. And since then, Wild Men has successfully funded their Kickstarter campaign, so congratulations to Zach, Bobby, Alex, and all those involved with making the film. I know you guys worked really hard on it. I can't wait to see it. I donated to it myself, so I'm going to get to see a digital version of the film when it's released in January, and I can't wait to see it. I love the concept. I think it's going to be hilarious, and I'll definitely review it on a future episode of this podcast. But Zach reached out to me a couple of weeks ago asking to come back on the show to promote another project he's been working on, and that is the pilot for a potential television series called Losers. Zach is one of the lead actors, and Carlos is the creator of the show. And for those that are into the nerd pop culture type stuff, this is something you definitely need to see. The dialogue is really funny and well-written. The special effects are great. The acting is good. The music is good. I can't say enough good things about it. I've watched the pilot multiple times, and you can actually go on YouTube and watch it. Just go to youtube.com slash Losers Television. And obviously we talked about the inspiration for Losers. They, they both grew up fans of pop culture type things, and we talk a lot about that. Um, why Carlos wanted to be a filmmaker, some funny onset stories, And with it obviously being the week of Star Wars, we had to talk about our anticipations for the movie, some things that we think might happen, thoughts on the Captain America Civil War trailer, the Batman vs. Superman trailer, so many great things. It's, It's a great time to be a nerd, and especially with today's technology, and if you are a nerd, 
having that freedom and having that outlet like YouTube, like Vimeo, other video platforms to be able to do stuff like this is really cool. And I always love hearing new stories about this. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I know I had a lot of fun connecting with Zach again and meeting Carlos, and hopefully they are both back on the show soon. But before we get to their interview, I have a quick question for you. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out Atomics, the brand new EP from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, featuring the vocals of Joey Trincali. It has three new tracks, including their single, Tomorrow's Plan, which is also the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. This EP is unlike anything the Unicorn Wranglers have done before. So support local music by checking out Atomics, which is available now on iTunes and Spotify. And it's only available for $2.97. I mean, come on, people. It's $2.97. That's cheaper than a Princess Leia wig. A Princess Leia wig is 3 bucks. And you're going to use that, what, once a year? Well, probably twice since the new Star Wars movie is coming out, but that's a completely different story. And you can also keep up with the Unicorn Wranglers on social media. Like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. And finally, don't forget to visit their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And now, here's my conversation with Zach and Carlos. Sitting here with my two special guests from the Losers web series, we have returning guest Zach Abramowitz and newcomer filmmaker Carlos Del Rosario. Guys, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing too bad. How about you? I'm fantastic. I have the day off from work, so I can't really complain too much. Nice. Awesome. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. It's been busy, but you know, things are good. Future is bright. Future is always bright. Uh, something I, I wanted to ask you real fast, because you've been on the show before to promote your uh, film Wild Men. Uh, how has that been doing? Because I know you guys recently met your uh, Kickstarter goal. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about the film. It's it's done well uh, since we last spoke. At this point, uh, October, like mid-October a year ago is when we were shooting it, and we wrapped with a pickup day back in June or July. So the movie's wrapped, post-production is basically finished, and Bobby, the director, he launched a Kickstarter to raise some remaining funds, um, about $4,000, and we raised more than that, actually. So uh, so we're very uh, thankful for all those people. It's mainly to finish the co uh, color correction and other post-production stuff and film festival submissions, because that costs a lot of money when it adds up. And basically, he's submitting it to you know all his... Um, film festivals that he wants to get into, and so we're excited. It's right around the cusp. So Now, and the, the premiere is set for, you said, we were talking off the air about it, you said late January? Yeah, we're, we're looking at, um, it's going to be a private premiere uh, in late January somewhere in New York. Um, I think there, there was a perk on Kickstarter. Some people are getting, uh, you know, access tickets to it because it's one, of the, one of the perks is, Along with all like the poster, the movie, the soundtrack, you get tickets to the premiere. So that's going to be really cool. But that's mainly for cast and crew to finally see the movie. And I'm personally waiting until that date to watch the movie. So it's it's pretty funny. It's like people who who donated like twenty five dollars on the Kickstarter are getting are getting a download of the film, and they're going to see the movie before I do, which is pretty funny. But I'm still like I want to wait till the premiere. I want to see it on a big screen. I want to wait for the experience to be right. I think that's the way to do it, because if, if I were a part of a movie, that's how I would want to do it, too, because, you know, being with the cast and crew and just seeing it for the first time, I think, would be a much better experience than already having seen it before. Absolutely. Now, both you guys were at a uh, convention recently. You were at uh, something called WinterCon, which I'd never heard of before. Uh, how was that? Yeah, that was a uh, an up and coming convention. Uh, this is its second year, and uh, it took place at a casino. So that's that's new for me. I've never really been to a comic con at a casino, but uh, for a second year convention, yeah, it was uh, pretty lively. I'd say, um, yeah, one of the the better ones I've been to, honestly. So. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well put together. Carlos was there the whole time. Um, I came. Towards the end of only one of the days, but it it was 
it was it was pretty well organized for the most part, and it had a lot of volume, a lot of traffic. So that was really cool. Now, since you guys were there to uh, you were there to promote losers, obviously. But have you guys like been to cons as a fan? And if you have, like, what's the difference between you know the different experience, I guess, between just going and then going like to promote something? Carlos is the con master, so uh, yeah. <laughs> he he's been to many, many, many cons. I um I my first ever Comic Con was with Carlos. Actually, it was New York Comic Con. Carlos, was that back in 2012 when we were shooting the Losers web series? Uh, you know, it was probably before that. Uh, 2009. Maybe it was 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was my first ever Comic Con, and I had never been to one before. And we were there basically shooting for the web series, um, and it was it was amazing. I mean, I I love New York Comic Con. Now it's crazy, but it turns out there are Comic Cons everywhere, all mm-hmm. over the planet, and every month there's something. And so there's a whole like culture of Comic Con, and you see a lot of like the famous cosplayers they go around and whatnot. So I I try. It's it's nice occasionally for me to go see it as a, as a fan, but usually usually it's business related because I got too much stuff going on. But Carlos, he gets around, so he he's better at me than answering this question. Yeah, I've been uh, going to cons uh, since I was uh, 15, 16, and uh, I've been to a lot of uh, church basements. And, and but at the time, I didn't know any better. It's like there were no better cons than you know the ones in in dank motels and. I don't know. I think with the Marvel Universe and the uh, the advent of a, a larger internet and social networking, you know, the cons just got bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, near Comic Con, San Diego, extremely hard to get into. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's like uh, when I go to a Comic Con, you know, around my family around Thanksgiving, you know, we'll we'll talk about a few things. But if I'm at Comic Con, I'm like, these are my people. We can we can talk about things that I know. So I feel the exact same way. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been to either New York or San Diego Comic Con, but I've actually heard from people that have been to both. A lot of them say that the New York one is actually better. Yeah, uh, I've been to San Diego twice, and with that one, it's like preparing for war. It's you're you're not going to sleep. Uh, you know, it's uh, New York Comic Con's already pretty crowded, but. You know, San Diego's always crowded. I remember I wanted to see a, a panel for uh, James Cameron's Avatar. This was uh, a long time ago. But the problem was these these uh, Twilight people were there, like, just, just camping out. And it's like, oh, my God, I get to see James Cameron because of these Twilight people. Like, thousands <laughs> of them. I was so pissed off. And I just made it into the doors. So you could be online for James Cameron for six hours and still not get in. That's how crazy that was back in 2009. That's nuts. Yeah. And yeah, Twi- been... Twilight almost ruined it for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's my story. <laughs> yeah, the, the Twilight fans are, I mean, really any of the, the hardcore fans of, you know, whether it be like Twilight or Harry Potter, they, you can have some interesting stories to tell. Because I, I remember I went to the premiere of the uh, the last Harry Potter movie, and the line was wrapped all the way around the building. And this group of people, there was probably like six or seven people, they were all dressed as uh, Twilight characters. One was holding up a giant sign that said Team Edward, another said Team Jacob, and they were just you know talking smack to all the Harry Potter fans. So I was like, well, this is... I don't know what I've gotten myself into because I'm not. I, I like Harry Potter, but I'm not a huge fan. But still, that it, that was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, that's the thing about some nerddom. I don't understand where all this rivalry comes from. It's like I like Star Wars and Star Trek, and you may like one over the other, and that's that's totally fine. That doesn't mean that you can just you know get rid of you know the one that's not really yours or the one that's not you're not aligned to. That, that's that's a weird thing. We're all extensions of one big yeah. nerd family. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what I see. Like when I when I go to like something like New York Comic Con or a huge convention, I I just see like geek culture winning and expanding, and everyone just everyone just loves cr- like creative stuff. And 
you know, thinking outside the box. I mean, it, it is all related. So, I mean, you get your variants of people who want to fight you on something, why this is better than that or that's better than this. But, man, it's, it's all it's all love for, like, geek culture. And it's, man, it has really escalated. And I think it really picked up with when the Marvel films really started to, like, take steam. And that's when the culture and, like, uh, the, the sort of zeitgeist of geek culture has become this, like, overcompassing thing everywhere you go and you know it's, it's it's definitely saturated now but it's just good that like you know the the geek culture is sort of being celebrated in like the best way so there's something for everybody i'm very curious to see what happens because you mentioned the the marvel universe i wonder if it's going to become oversaturated once dc starts pushing their stuff out um yeah i i uh think it will but i think uh the great thing, at least about the Marvel Universe, is that there are, it's not, you know, we think about superhero movies, but they're not just superhero movies. It's its many genres within the superhero mm-hmm. genre. You know, we have Doctor Strange coming out, and that's a mystical movie. Winter Soldier was like a, a spy conspiracy movie, you know, and the list goes on and on. So there, there's a lot of uh, variation. But uh, you know what? I can try to name all of the superhero movies that are coming out in the next three years, I can't. I won't have that ability because I'm like, there, there are too many of them and I'll spend hundreds of dollars, but that, you know, they have my money. <laughs> oh, exactly. And that's interesting that you say that about the sub-genres because I, I tell people that you could take all the Marvel elements out of Winter Soldier, for example, mm-hmm. and it would still be a very good like spy espionage type movie. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, people just have to look at it as it's not just a superhero movie. There are other, there are other genres in it. Uh, but mentioning DC, uh, I did want to get you, your guys' thoughts on these. But the uh, the Batman versus Superman trailer came out, and the Civil War trailer came out not too long before it. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you guys think of both of those? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Carl, let's see, I'll let you. I'll let you just go ahead, Carl. I, I have very brief things to say. So, Carlos, if you want to go ahead and give your... All right. Well, I'll start off with uh, Batman v. Uh, Superman. All right. I, for one thing, that trailer is four minutes, and the first minute is just, oh, here, like here's Bruce Wayne talking to Clark Kent. I'm like, you don't need a minute to, to lay that all out, you know. I, I, uh, that's, that's a little bloated to me. Um, but... Uh, uh, people already probably know about the the big bad that's uh, going to be in the movie, but it's like it, it kind of reminded me of a Terminator Genesis where they blow their load on that, and it's like, oh, now I don't have to see this movie because I know what's going to happen with with John Connor. So that that kind of ruined it. I'm going to see it still, I'm sure, but it's and the the big bad, you know, I, I yeah, his uh, design in retrospect. Not too great. Someone actually did a like a Photoshop version of how he looks like in the comic books, and it's like that's way cooler. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you just do that? But I don't know. That's uh, that's my opinion, uh, Zach. Uh, you know, I've got a theory actually. Um, you know, the first, not the most recent uh, um, Batman vs Superman trailer that came out, but the the one prior that was uh, in theaters where it shows like Superman ripping off the top of the Batmobile yeah, and like, and Batman just standing up and looking at him like that previous trailer. I think that was a fantastic trailer. Like that trailer hyped me up to see this movie. Then you fast forward civil war trailer comes out. Unbelievable. Like just such like a solid, like Marvel. Is this phase three now for Marvel or phase yes. Phase three. Phase three, phase three. Yeah. So phase three is supposed to take a darker turn. And you feel that, and you know it's the Russo brothers, and it was just such a well-made trailer, and I'm sure it's going to be a phenomenal film. Obviously, maybe somewhat different from the comic, but it's a different medium, so it's okay to be different. It should be different. We already have the comic, so we have a movie. The movie's a different take. Um, I know there's some diehards that are like, why isn't it like page to page from the comic? Well, you can read a comic version, and you can watch a movie. But anyway, Civil War trailer was fantastic. Like, so damn good. And then all of a sudden, we get this uh, Batman v Superman trailer that's like really weird in formula. 
it, it's not your typical trailer. And, and basically they like gave you like a demo piece of like every act of the movie and they showed some serious weak spots in my opinion. And I think, I think the DC is maybe scared of Marvel and I think they have every reason to be, although they're not really in competition, although they are like, they can just, they're DC properties and they're Marvel properties. So it's, 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 I mean, DC's already got a bad track record, but you know, you, you basically showed the entire movie with that new Batman v Superman trailer. And when I saw the new Ninja Turtle show up, <laughs> I figured, you know, I already saw this in the Michael Bay film, so I don't know if I need to see this again. So, you know, am I going to see the movie? Yes. Main reason. I am excited for Ben Affleck to get his own Batman film and direct it. And, you know, look, hopefully the movie is good, but that, that was a bad trailer. And I think they, like, somebody, like, cut it together real fast. And maybe, like, the studio executives watching the Civil War trailer and they're going, oh, shit, like, quick, uh, cut me something and put something from that scene and, and get, oh, don't worry, I got it, I got it. And, and throw a Ninja Turtle at the end because people love Ninja Turtles. And then, okay, everyone will go see Batman v Superman. So I think, you know, maybe that's what they did. But, yeah, am I going to see it? Yeah, I'm going to see it. Am I going to love it? Yeah, probably not. But obviously, Civil War. Who? I mean, it just it looks incredible. It and does. Are, and are we oversaturated? Of course we are. It, it's going to come to an end eventually. But while it's here, we just enjoy it, and then something else will be the new saturation. So exactly. You know. Um, add to that. Uh, I know on the internet, like on Facebook. Like, okay, you have this amazing Civil War trailer, and, like, a lot of people are like, where's Spider-Man? Where's Spider-Man? And, okay, here's here's where I think fans are getting a little too entitled. All right, so the 90s. Name four good superhero movies or good comic book movies. It's very hard to do, the fourth one especially. And now we have, like, an abundance of things. You, we had Iron Man and Captain America and Bucky, and they're all fighting each other. You have, like, all the other characters. They showed the Black Panther and, and Scarlet Witch. And it's like, in my wildest dreams, I didn't think this would happen. Ever. And these kids are like, oh, but Spider-Man's not in the trailer. And I'm like, oh. Oh, you're just, you're just angering me now. <laughs> Coming from someone who, like, Spider-Man is my favorite yeah. you know, Marvel or DC character... I don't want to see anything about Spider-Man until the movie. I don't want him to be in any trailer, any photos. I, I would just like to go in complete clean slate and see him for the first time while watching the movie. Because I think it would be a much better experience. Oh, absolutely. When you when people keep on talking about it, it's like well, we don't see it, but then we finally see it. That makes it so much cooler. Absolutely. So, yeah. But uh, moving on to uh, Losers... Uh, Carlos, I did want to ask you because you were the pretty much the head of of the project. Uh, what was it that inspired you to want to be a filmmaker? Oh, um, well, when I was in a uh, high school and middle school, like I, I didn't feel I was actually good at a lot of things, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. But uh, I knew that I, I wanted to make people laugh, and I had a uh, an affinity for for story. And so that was always with me. I, you know, I bounced around. Maybe I'd write comic books. Um, but uh, then at, when I went to Hunter College, that's where I met uh, Zach. Uh, yeah, I, I just went full throttle. I uh, created my own film club. And uh, we just started uh, making uh, films and short films that way. And uh, I met a lot of uh, like-minded people who... Uh, who thought like me and had the same ambitions, and uh, we came together. And uh, I, wow, when did I meet you, Zach? Damn, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> well, I mm, it had to be 2003, 2004. Somewhere. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's that's 13 years. Yeah, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's awesome. That's, that's what film did. It's you know, it's it, it solidified our relationship. Right. Or many relationships, honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of people we're still in touch with. Really, all of us are connected because of that. You know, where we. Well, not. I mean, it's it's that sort of you know passion for you know creative stuff that has brought us together and stuck us together. 
it's kind of crazy how you can stay in touch with people with doing stuff like that. Because in one of my uh, previous interviews I did, I, like a lot of people say that the film community is just this you know big worldwide thing, but it's really a lot smaller knit than you might think. And you can stay in touch with people and still stay connected because it's kind of like everybody knows everybody to an extent. Yeah. Now, what what was the the inspiration for losers? Because I mean, obviously, you guys are into like the Marvel and the DC and the Star Wars stuff. Is is that something that you know both of you were into like as a kid, and then you guys just decided to do this? Oh yeah, I was always uh, into the <laughs> comic books and uh, Star Wars. Um, um, I never really thought it was anything nerdy about it. I just thought they were just really cool things and. No, I, I don't remember any person judging me for liking them too much uh, when I was younger. But uh, when we made Losers, I was like, it was obvious that this was a love letter to all of geekdom. And uh, I had watched uh, a lot of TV and a lot of other geek culture things, um, Big Bang uh, Theory especially. And, uh, you know, I like I like a, a lot of episodes, but, you know, it's uh, you know, it's more like the geeks are always the butt of the jokes mm. and uh, I wanted like, no, no geeks are like, uh, anyone else. They, we can, we can humanize them and make them, you know, fully dimensional people instead of, you know, these, these jokes. And, uh, so that the audience could be in on the joke rather than laughing at the characters. So that's, that's where I came from for losers. And what exactly in, you know, keeping it spoiler free, but, uh, what is the general plot of Losers? Uh, well, we have a uh, a groom to be, Roy, and he has hidden all his uh, nerdum from his fiance Emily. And at the engagement party, Zach and his best friend Manny uh, go to the engagement party. They find out all about this, and Zach wants to to bring him back. To, to have the, the real Roy back. Back to the so, good side. Yeah. Pull him out of the geek closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because when he... Uh, That's uh, there, there's a, I, say. I, 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 I it's Well, of course there's going to be a lightsaber fight. It's in the poster. Well, the, but, oh, I think was <laughs> so funny. There, there's a point where it's like Roy, like he, he literally goes into a closet. To, to put on his like cosplay stuff and, and fight back. So there there is at least subconsciously you know uh, something there. And uh, I will say because I, I have seen the pilot, I thought it was amazing. Like I love the like the cinematography was great, the dialogue was really funny, the effects were great, the acting was good. It, it was just it it felt like a real life situation. As far as like the core story, but just add that little bit of over the top geekness to it, and it, it was just it was really good, and I, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Derek. Oh, yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you liked it. It would be a really awkward interview if you didn't like it. <laughs> I hate this. Uh, I hate this. Tell me why this sucked. <laughs> uh, but quick mention: Bobby Sansevero, director Wildman, was the cinematographer. On oh, awesome. Yeah, so that's all connected as well. Yeah, so, you know, you find a good group of people, you stick together, you keep making good stuff, and you just grow and grow. It's been really good to have in all our lives. Because, um, like, all of us also help out on Nightwing Escalation, which is the other project that we were promoting at Wintercon this past weekend. And the showrunner of that, Alex Valderrana, also was a co-producer on Losers and helped out on Wild Men. And Losers and Nightwing have been going to cons together and kind of promoting like this uh, duo. So it's That's really the way cool. to do it. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, a lot of people don't know that with the Losers TV pilot that there was a web series some years ago. And that's where we all started. And it used to be like two best friends in a car and all these like kind of skits and a lot of cool improvs and just like really short sketches. And then it was some years later where because uh, our final episode of that and um, – I have to, Carlos. I want to talk to you again about re-uploading that original. Yeah, I've been lazy. I, I gotta, I gotta do that. I know. Even this, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, Car Carlos goes to a, a Comic Con and all the 
all the hot cosplay girls are bothering him for autographs, so he has no time. Sweet. First world problems. <laughs> uh, but the first, the first, um, the the season finale of like the the web series years back was at that 2009 New York Comic Con, and we spent the whole weekend kind of like filming this really cool episode. And then it was like three years later where Carlos wrote this narrative script, half hour pilot. Really cool, like really. I read the pilot. I fell in love right away, um, and so that began this like years long process that we're in now. And Carlos has been taking the pilot to film festivals for about two years now, and at this point, we're ready to put it on YouTube on Friday, December 11th, and we're really excited because now people can watch it anytime, anywhere, and we're hoping that it gets the exposure it deserves. And when this interview is released, the pilot will be on YouTube, so definitely go check it out. Because like I said, it's it's really good. Anyone who's into you know, the nerd geek culture, really anybody, will love it. Because I mean, it's, it's, it's a good story, and the, and the effects are really good. And one thing I did want to ask uh, you, Carlos, uh, mm-hmm. what kind of camera did you use? Oh, good question. I think uh, we, u- we generally used a 7D uh, a Canon 7D, and I think uh, because we shoot comedy, I like to shoot with multiple cameras. I think uh, Alex one is, was on a second camera with a 60D, which mm-hmm. has a, a similar sensor. And uh, I think we switched it up. We used a 5D for the uh, the finale at the end. So both good cameras. Yeah, I I own yeah. a I own a 60D, and uh, it, it works really really well. And did you use uh, do you use Adobe? To edit? Oh, uh, you know what? This was uh, my swan song of uh, Final Cut Pro. Okay. Because I was like, I'd love to use a Premiere on it, but, you know, my muscle memory and everything is for Final Cut. And, uh, yeah, I did it on Final Cut. And if I had just learned Adobe Premiere or got with Adobe Premiere maybe six months before editing, oh, it would have been totally uh, Adobe because the, the rendering alone was, was killing me. Mm-hmm. That was taking so much time, so I, uh, yeah. In retrospect, I should have just done that. Plus, I use a lot of uh, uh, effects and After Effects, so uh, it's all in the Adobe family. That would have been that would have made the process a lot faster. Yeah, the the Final Cut renderings gives me nightmares of college classes. Because <laughs> yeah. that's that's what I used in college, and it would just I remember taking forever to render things, but, but Premiere is great, so once you really get into it, I think you'll like it, and After Effects is a beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've been using it for a few years, but I feel that it's like, oh, I don't, I still don't know a lot about it, like, I, and I, I hear from the normal people that I'm, I'm pretty good, but it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> there's so much, <laughs> there's so much to do. That's how I feel about women. <laughs> still working uh, on but uh, what what is one funny onset story you can tell from losers? Oh, Carlos, I'm gonna. There's there's a bunch, but I was thinking about the one. Maybe you have a different one, Carlos. But when we were uh, filming the lightsaber fight on the roof. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm think. I think I'm thinking of your <laughs> your story too. <laughs> oh god. Uh, All right, why don't you start? And if it's the same one, I'll chime in. All right. So there's a, a lightsaber fight on a roof, and. Uh, Zach is fighting uh, his uh, co-star, uh, Devin Kloss, who plays Roy. And uh, there is there are shots taken directly from Return of the Jedi when, when Luke is kind of hammering down on Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I hear, I, I'm, I'm looking at the screen, and then I just hear screams. And I'm like, what, 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 what happened? Mind and, you, okay, wait, 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 so, so we're on, we're on a 13 story roof right now in New York City, okay? We're on a roof. I, I don't know anything. The lightsaber gets knocked out of my hand and goes flying, and that's part of the shot. And people start screaming. And I'm acting, so I'm not looking, and then I, and then I, it, it literally feels like somebody just fell off the roof. So everybody freaks out because the lightsaber goes bouncing, and I didn't know what happened. And I thought somebody tried to grab the lightsaber and he fell off the edge of the roof. You know, we're not like like super studio funded, and we everyone's all like attached to wires on the roof or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we all had this moment of like freak out, 
because we literally thought somebody fell off the roof trying to catch the lightsaber. Man. It was pretty pretty scary. Um, but, you know, the they were co- combat sabers. What is it called, Carlos? Uh, they're ultra sabers, yeah. Ultra sabers. So the lightsaber fell down 13 stories, hit the concrete. We needed it to finish the shoot, and we went down to get it, and it was banged up, but it still worked. Which is really, pretty, yeah. I still have it actually. I thought that thing would have shattered. No, it's well, it's well made. It's very well made. That's fantastic. Yeah. That yeah. saber fight was a lot of fun. I actually, it's it, really, it looked a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I years ago, the first ever web series I did as a filmmaker was called Zach and Michael, and I opened it with this. It was basically like a mockumentary about two crazy actors. It's like super old. It's you know, it's it's like my first thing ever. So like, I have lots of weird things to say about it. But the, there was it starts off with this lightsaber fight between these two like crazy actors, and the director cuts, and then the actors start fighting with the director about like that was an awesome take, blah blah blah, etc. But I I choreographed that lightsaber fight. So then all these years later, shooting the uh, the the saber fight on the roof for the losers pilot, I choreographed it again, and it was a lot of fun. And, I remember there was one like really dangerous move that I really wanted to do and it involved me like stepping on the edge and like jumping around and coming back with the lightsaber. And I remember telling everybody, guys, you know, let's stay quiet and let's stay focused so I don't laugh and slip and fall off the roof and die. But I did it for the sake of art and I survived. So yeah, the saber fight was a lot of fun. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't want to be a Jedi? You know? Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, like, I could just tell by watching it, like, you could tell you guys were having fun yeah. doing it. And it, because I've, you know, we've all, you know, done fake lightsaber fights when right. we were younger. But, uh, no, it, it was it was a lot of fun. And like I said, you know, the, the video is out on YouTube uh, as of this interview, so you should definitely, uh, definitely check it out. One last thing I wanted to ask, while we're on the subject of Star Wars... When this comes out, it will be opening night for The Force Awakens. So I've got to ask, are you guys going opening night? And what is your anticipation for the movie? Oh, I am going opening night, for sure. I don't I don't know the plans of who's going with who. I don't know, but we are all yeah. going opening night. We're, we're all going opening night. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, hmm. Anticipation. Here, here's the thing with with me and the Star Wars movies. It's like, like uh, with with the George Lucas movies. It's like I'll I'll watch them and I'll I'll love it the first. I even loved the Phantom Menace for some period, and then I saw it like two more times. I was like, maybe this isn't as good as I thought it would be. <laughs> so <laughs> it it's Star Wars has that hold over me. But this time, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s. I'm a little wiser. I'm a little more cynical. It's like I I'm still like holding back. I'm like I will be cautiously optimistic, and I hope for the best. <laughs> and I think that's that's actually better for the movie. I think they want that because you know I don't know. I I don't know if it'll uh I don't know if they know if it'll blow me away. They don't control that, but they they do their best, and I I liked. What J.J. Uh, Abrams had done with uh, at least the first Star Trek movie that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm trying to hold back, you know, being extremely hyped up for it because once you get to that certain point, you're going to be disappointed unless it's just the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen. So yeah, I'm going opening night, and I, I am really excited to see it because I do think it will be a good movie. But I'm just I'm holding out. You know, I'm just trying to hold off unreal expectations, but I, I but I do think it will be a good movie. I think I'm, you know, I understand like not overhyping yourself, but you also have to realize that um, finally this property is in the hands of a filmmaker who is conscious of what it means to tell a story in like a in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously Lucas was great on, on you know on the first three films. Even I mean, even if you you look back at the original trilogy, you know, it's there was a lot going on there, and I think that with the prequels, I mean, they are definitely, they are pretty bad. I sat through, I did a, I did a six movie marathon over one weekend recently, and it was, it, it, the prequels were tough, but I watched them first, and I got through them. 
Um, I just, you know, J.J. Abrams is, uh, he, he's a working, he's a working filmmaker. He is current. He is contemporary. And he is someone other than George Lucas. Whereas, you know, now, yes, George Lucas didn't direct all three of the original trilogy, but he was essentially the showrunner and he was the guy, you know, stepping in and saying, no, we can't do that. Or yes, we can do that. And, you know, he had a lot of control over the whole thing. He, he had his, he had his, he had his hands in all of the cook's pots throughout all of those six films, whether he was directing them or not. Now you've got J.J. Abrams um, and you've got Lawrence Kasdan, who, you know, did a pass on the script. And basically, this is J.J. Abrams movie now. And that opens up a huge potential for this movie to be incredible. And it, I, I think I was talking to somebody this a couple of weeks ago that. I don't think people realize how good this movie is going to be. I, I, I'm talking about people who think this movie is going to be really amazing, like it's going to be uber, super duper amazing. Because you don't realize you've got you've got a guy who grew up wanting to be a filmmaker because of Star Wars, and he's a good filmmaker. He's a good storyteller. He knows action. And he's passionate about the world and he doesn't have George Lucas walking around going, no, that won't sell a toy. No, that won't sell a toy. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, the movie's selling all kinds of stuff. Pretty, pretty soon we're going to have Jedi cheeseburgers at McDonald's. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. But, um, I think the movie is going to blow people's heads away. Like, I think it's literally, I all, with that being said, I hope I'm not let down either. I don't want to be let down, but. I I think just one of the most amazing things is to you know they set the movie thirty years later because it's it's been thirty years and you know Hamill Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher they've aged and they're all back I love I love that they're all back Oh and me too That's I, such like like it's inc- that right alone that the fact that they are returning to like reprise their roles I just I can't wait I just can't wait I'm very excited I saw a funny uh, meme today uh, right before we started doing the interview. When Alec Guinness w- played Obi-Wan in A New Hope, he was 63 years old, and Mark Hamill is the same age, returning as Luke Skywalker. Isn't that something else? That's, that's really cool. That's the same thing like uh, Creed movie, by the way, I saw recently, really phenomenal. And Rocky was, um, I think Burgess Meredith was 69 yeah. in Rocky, and now Rocky himself is 69, playing that same sort of coach role. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Same thing too. So no, it's it's really cool. Uh, I really want to see that movie. It's worth your time. Definitely it's go good. see it. Yeah. But yeah, as far as uh, as Star Wars goes, J.J. Uh, Abrams. I, I I know a few people who had some small reservations about him, but thinking about it, I wouldn't want anyone else to do it but J.J. Abrams. I think he was I, the perfect choice. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think if you look at his track record of the movies that he's done so far and you take a piece out of all of them and you put it together into Star Wars, I think it's I think it's be perfect. He, he's not he isn't personally my favorite filmmaker, but I love his work. Mm-hmm. And I think that Star Wars is completely up his alley. I think he's the perfect guy to do it. And I'm hoping that I get to play a Jedi in episode eight or nine. So I'll be working uh, the circuit pretty hard in New York trying to get my way there. That would I would be so jealous of you. If you were I, able to do that. I mean, man, if, if we could get J.J. Abrams to see the Losers TV pilot, like actually like watch it, because he, he would love it. He would eat it up. It's him. It's his life. He would understand that. You know, I think any geeks would understand that. And it's it's it is that if you are a geek at all and you love Star Wars and and you love who you are because of what you love, like it's losers is for you. And that's that's what it's all about. And I was I'm still impressed by the script that Carlos wrote for it. I, I, I watch it from time to time and there's a touching moment in the end and it always gives me chills. I was uh, it surprises me. You know, Carlos really pulled. I mean, but that's also Carlos himself, like has seen so much TV and so many movies and he works on, uh, he teaches himself how to do so much effects work and he listens to so many podcasts. Like he is a sponge for cinema. And it, it, when I saw that script, I was really impressed. He's a real student of his profession. That's right. That's right. 
uh, in terms of, you know, you know, being that, that, uh, that showrunner and writer, director, visual effects, you know. Well, I, I think that's what you should do in, you know, not just film, but in any profession. You should always want to get better. You should always want to learn something new. Because if you don't, then what's really the point of continuing? Yeah, you never stop learning. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg's the, the same way. It's like, no, there's, there's, I don't know everything. There's always more to learn. And like, this is Steven Spielberg. It's like when, you know, like uh, Socrates said, all I know is that I know nothing. I'm like, Oh, screw you, guy. You're like the smartest one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Every, uh, as an actor, every film is a learning experience. Every project, because you're playing a new person. So it's like, what do I, what do I not know about this type of person? So what can I learn here? And you also learn, you know, there's, that's the beauty of, of creative stuff. Cause there's always something new to create and there's always different ways to go about approaching it. So, um, Carlos, do you think, or, or Derek, are you interested to hear like what our sort our sort of uh, ideal plans for the pilot would be? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Is, we're on a podcast of talking about losers, so yeah, absolutely. Um, Silos, you want to jump on that horse? Oh, you can take it. All right. So basically, um, you know, as a web series. Years back, we tried to sort of get a, you know, grow a following and get an audience, but it, it proved very difficult, you know, because the web, the internet is so saturated with stuff. And that was back in 2009. So, um, now we're in 2015 and, and this loser's pilot is, is going to hit the web. And, you know, ultimately we, we want to take this pilot and kind of reach the attention of a network. And it's, it's, it's not that easy. You know, you don't just go to like the sci-fi channel and knock on the door and say, Hey, would you watch this? You know, can we sit down and talk with you? It's, it really becomes a who you know situation and who knows you. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. And one of the reasons, you know, we, we, we see it as, as like a good streaming television show. And we, like, it's not just a one off. Like people ask me, is it a movie? Is it a short film? Is it, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, the pilot is made so that a season can be made and it could be a nice long running season. And Carlos has all these amazing ideas. Um, you know, to expand the losers universe and to, and to lots of homage and to like geek culture, you know, you know, drop throughout. But, um, I, ideally we would even see the show like streaming on Netflix or Hulu and, um, or even sci-fi and comedy central. Um, maybe even something like adult swim. Like we just want to get the pilot out there. And what matters is say if, if it, you know, if it hits YouTube and it goes crazy, and it garners millions of views and people are talking about it and sharing it, then that can put us in a position to talk to somebody over at a network. And it's just a matter of like reaching that one person who says, you know what, I want to meet these guys and sit down and have a meeting. And that's kind of been our hope for the past two years being on the film festival circuit with the pilot. And it's been, it's, you know, it does really well. Everyone who sees it has only good things to say about it. Um, although, you know, you get those one or two, weird comments like oh, I, I didn't like the lighting in that one scene okay thank you uh, <laughs> but um you know you're, you're never gonna please everybody but the film festival circuit you know it's not always we've heard that we've played some big audiences to certain cons that we couldn't have been in attendance to um but hopefully going on youtube people can see it and share it and hopefully it gets seen by the right person and maybe jj abrams will see me as a jedi and put me in episode eight of Star Wars. That so, would be that would be amazing. And he can he can even keep my name, Zachary Freeman. You know, <laughs> Jedi Jedi Zachary. I don't care. Only my dad calls me Zachary. If they want to call me Jedi Zachary in the movie, that's fine by me. So, as long as you're a Jedi, right? As, I, yeah, I have, <laughs> Jedi. I have to be. Although I probably would get cast as a villain. They probably cast me as a Sith because I have like a creepy smile. <laughs> so, well, playing a Sith would be pretty cool too. It would be. I, I'd want to be, I'd be like, all right, fine, JJ, like, I'll play a Sith, but in the next movie, I have to, like, come to the light side, I have to become a Jedi, like, that needs to happen. Like, I would write it out, like, I'd get out of the contract. Yeah, it's a uh, character development. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the goal of losers at this point. I'm, I'm so glad now, there's so many people who've always wanted to see it, now it'll be on YouTube, and, um, where we are, we're excited to see what it does on the web. Yeah, absolutely. And, and once it once it's released, I'll share it. I'll share it from you know my show page, the Nerd Cave Network page. 
we'll plug it on the on the Nerd Cave podcast and all other types of mediums that we can think of. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. It's all about spreading the word. Likewise. Yep. Yep. So uh, do you guys have a website for losers or like any social media that people can follow? Uh, yeah, we have a few things, actually. Um, hold on. Uh, we have our uh, Facebook page at uh, it's uh, facebook.com slash uh, losers TV pilot. Uh, we're also on Twitter at uh, losers underscore TV. And uh, and we're uh, going to be on you. We are on YouTube at uh, YouTube dot com slash uh, losers television. Um, yeah, that's yeah. where the pilot's going to end up on the YouTube. That's account. where it's uh, going to be. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you very much for coming by and doing the interview. It was great. Yeah, no pleasure talking to you, dude. Thanks for having us, Derek. My thanks again to Zach and Carlos for coming on the show. It was really fun talking with them about losers and just nerd and pop culture stuff in general. Be sure to like losers on Facebook and watch the pilot on YouTube at youtube.com slash losers television. Next Thursday will be Christmas Eve, but we will not be taking the week off. I'm going to be doing a special Christmas themed episode. I'm not going to give away any details yet. But I will say the title of the episode is A Unicorn Wrangler Christmas. And if you like Christmas music and Christmas stories, you'll definitely want to tune in. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can follow me on Facebook. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And you can follow the show on Twitter at DDE underscore podcast. And that does it for this week, so hopefully you enjoyed this amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. I am your host, Derek Diamond. Have a safe and fun weekend. Enjoy Star Wars, and we'll see you guys next Thursday. been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.